This is Joey Gallo with the Texas Rangers, and you're listening to the Ranger Nation podcast. Hey, this is Isaiah Kiner-Falefa, and this is Rangers Nation podcast. One ball, two strikes, two outs. Six to one, the Rangers lead in the top of the ninth. Feliz the high set. Here comes the pitch. Breaking ball, strike three, call! The Rangers are going to the World Series! In the air, shallow right. The Texas Rangers win the pennant. Second consecutive year. Today, I consider myself the luckiest man on the face of the earth. Welcome to Rangers Nation Podcast, talking all things Texas Rangers. Rangers Nation Podcast is a part of Dallas Sports Nation, providing coverage of all your DFW sports teams. Now, here's your host, Texas Rangers blogger, the Recliner Nerd. Hello, everyone, and welcome once again to Rangers Nation Podcast. Yeah, it's Rangers Nation Podcast, and today's episode is Woodward is pissed and we're going to get to that in just a minute when special guests are going to be joining me right now in just a second going to be chris halleck from sports illustrated and the north texas nine podcast along with alex plink from dallas sports fanatic and texas ranger fanatic podcast and they're going to be with me right after this hey guys the recliner nerd here do you feel a spark when you get a chance to compete competition dojo is here to feed the competitive fire in everyone Each month, they provide competitive events to their subscribers. You have a month to learn, practice, and perform. The month-end results rank you against each other. Get off the couch and back in the game. Visit competitiondojo.com. That's competitiondojo.com. All right, guys, and welcome to the show. And today's episode is Woodward is Pissed. And joining me right now, like I said a while ago, we've got from Sports Illustrated and the North Texas Nine podcast, we've got Chris Halleck, and from Dallas Sports Fanatic and the Texas Ranger Fanatic podcast, Alex Plink. Guys, thanks for coming on. What's up? What's going on? What up? What up? (laughs) Hey, so you guys were at the game yesterday. Um, You were covering it. Sorry, you guys were covering the game yesterday. I was there just as a fan. I was there with the wife. Um, But afterwards, the post-game Zoom call that we – for those that don't, we get on the Zoom calls uh, post game. Um, that's about the most upset I've ever seen Chris Woodward. Well, I knew things were about to go down whenever he pointed to the screen where he sees everybody mm-hmm. on the Zoom call, and he is like, "I want everybody on the Zoom call to say that to say this." And then he would like he went on his little tangent. But as soon as he did that, I was like, "Oh." snap <laughs> like, it's like when you have parents arguing and you're like just sitting there you're kind of just like you don't want to feel awkward that that's how it felt well i, I get what he's wanting you oh, know yeah, the media is gonna media is gonna write what they're gonna write and he not and it's not often that you hear a player or a manager come out and say this is what you need to be writing but that was pretty much him saying this is what you need to be writing do not write that or not they, to do Right. Yeah. He's like, do not write that Isaiah kind of fluff lost that game. And then he went into everything of why they lost that game. And I think this is just, she's right. I mean, Isaiah right. didn't lose the game. No, right. no. I mean, look, Isaiah's no, no, no. He made a couple of errors, but that no, uh-uh, not at all. I'm sorry. You, you can't blame that. If you're taking this loss and blaming it on one player, then you're, you're it's pretty shallow. To tell you the but truth. she only made one error. I thought that second one was BS, but we can move on from that. Well, that's not the first time that. Oh, the line drive. There's been there have been a questionable. <laughs> yeah, apparently Isaiah made official scores mad in Arlington for whatever reason. <laughs> oh, I know why. I know exactly why. Unless you're being facetious there. I don't tell me what 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 did he do? <laughs> so there was a there was a play, and I I you know I never went back and looked to see if they actually changed it, but he got charged with an error in a game. It was the one where it knocked off the pitcher's glove on a deflection, and then he gathered it on a hop with with like barehanded and threw it to first base and didn't get the guy out, and they charged him with an error. But that's what I'm saying. I don't know. Maybe maybe the official score works for Fangraphs. Like, yeah, maybe. <laughs> So like check employment records. So he got so he got charged with that error, and then he like went, went on Twitter. Twitter and like was like, "I'd like to see that guy try to make this play." Like <laughs> it's yeah, I remember like he was throwing shade about that, and uh, 
it was it was really good. So yeah, I think he the the yeah. official score might have a little bit of a vendetta against. They changed it, by the way. I don't know if you know that. They, they did, did change, change it. it. I, was, I never went back and looked, but yeah, that's definitely the right call because that was not an error. I think it took a week, but they changed it. <laughs> that should have taken a second. Should have taken like thirty. Should never happen. By yeah, the way. correct. And you know what? For 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 Isaiah to be upset, and and these guys, the the three of us know something in the fact that we have dealt with Isaiah personally, and we have been around him. For him to actually be upset about something, I mean, the guy's a he's a grinder, and he gets in there, and he's a serious guy. But he he is he is not like a prima donna player that doesn't want to deal with anybody. He is very good at work. I mean, it must have been bad if it got him on that. I missed that one, I guess, because I don't cover it daily like you guys do as much. But um, you know what? Let's look at why Chris is pissed. You can look at it right here. Last 20 games, the Rangers are 5-15. and 15. They've lost last 15 road games in a row. They're 28-38, and 38, 12 games back to Oakland, 11 games back of the wild card. Chris is mad. Um, he said it yesterday, you know, in his big thing, and tell me, Chris, what you got, his big things are at bats. He's just thinking that they're giving up on at bats. It's kind of the way he put it. So actually, if you want to go back, they started out 18 and 18 and they're five and 20 since then. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, like they, they are, they are struggling. And in the last nine games, the offense has mustered two and a half runs a game. Yeah. Um, so the offense is in a, is in a bat. So my, here's my theory, I guess. Um, first 36 games offense was doing pretty well. You had a lot of young guys. There's not a large book on a lot of these guys. You know, obviously they're not, they know how to pitch to guys like Gallo. I know where you're going with this, but a lot of other guys, you know, they don't have, yeah, they've been in the big leagues, but they don't have an extended book on them. Well, now they do. And so the league started to adjust and now it's their turn to adjust and they're not doing it. Right. And the, the part that I really took away, I mean, I took away a lot from yesterday, but the part I took away was whenever he's like, listen, your swing is your swing. But when you get in between the lines, you've got to learn how to deal with it either way. Yep. Um, and, and think that that was the part of it is like, okay, you can work on everything that you want to work on. And that might be like for the traditional fan, that might be the thing over like, okay, there might be an overload of data, but the, it's like a, it's like a damned if you do damned if you don't, because if you don't embrace the data, then you're going to be behind everybody else in baseball. Yep. Uh, but then if you give too much data, you're causing young guys who are trying to adjust on the fly to overthink things. And so it's, 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 I wouldn't want to be a baseball player nowadays. I can tell you that right now. It's never <laughs> been, it's never been harder to hit a baseball. Guys are throwing harder than they ever have. There's more breaking balls being thrown than there ever have before. And now, obviously, with the you know potential of a lot of pitchers using stuff to get their spin rates to go to stupid numbers, um, I would not want to have to be a, a major league hitter right now because it's never been harder to hit a baseball. And this is a team that is built of not one or two, but six or seven guys who are trying to figure out how to play every single day for yeah. the first time. Yeah. And so this is – it's going to be painful, and that's just the bottom line. I thought it was a ticking time bomb ready. I knew that the kind of a press conference like that was going to happen, and I think it's a lot of repetitiveness because, I mean, it's like it's like as a parent when you keep telling your kid to stop doing something or to do something, and they just don't do it, and eventually you just break. Yep. I felt like that's what it was yesterday. It's like Wood, Woodward keeps saying every day, we've been telling these guys this, telling these guys this. And it seems like the message either gets received for one game, but then there's no consistency involved. And so I kind of had a feeling that this was going to happen when I was entirely sure. And when you look at it, I think also take into heart the competition they've been facing in those past 25 games. I mean, you've got Seattle, you've got the angels, you've got Colorado, all teams that are relatively scuffling and you throw goose eggs on them. No, and you know what? And, and the thing is, and part of it for me is this team, it, it's kind of reminiscent of what happened in 2020. If you remember, first of all, in 2020, everyone with that rotation thought maybe, maybe this team, if they can get the bats going with that rotation, maybe they are somebody that can sneak up on a wild card spot. Coming into this year, everyone knew this is an evaluation year. This is going to, you know, this is what they're supposed to do. We're going to evaluate, see where we are. We don't expect to compete. But both years, remember, in 2020 also, they started out pretty good. Started out about 500. They were winning some good games. 
They did the same thing this year. They started out, looked good going into it. But I started thinking, these guys, a lot of these guys, they're, eventually the book's going to be written on them. And these people are going to come back through, and now they're, they're scouts. They have advanced scouting now that comes out. Well, this is the pitch he has a problem with. I mean, so if you want to say what's the problem, I think pe- they're not adjusting to the people that are adjusting, uh, to the teams that are adjusting. And uh, Nate Lowe, who I, I just love to death, um, I, he's not hitting fastballs right now. That's a problem. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, so I look at, I mean, you even look at a guy like Joey Gallo. Joey Gallo is missing fastballs on the zone, yeah, like m- more often than he should. I mean, he's, I mean, even Chris Warder admits he's going to have swing and miss just with the way his swing mechanics are and everything. He's going to have swing and miss. He's, it's going to drive fans crazy, but it's, it's just part of who he is. But he's missing more fastballs in the zone than he normally does. And, I, I mean, I'm, I'm not, I'm not a conspiracy theorist. Um, but I really do wonder just how much, I don't know if you guys read the story from Stephanie Epstein and uh, Alex Pruitt from uh, sports illustrated on the whole uh, pitch doctoring thing, but it, it, some of the stuff is really disturbing. Oh, and wow. I just really wonder how rampant it is, how many pitchers are using stuff because it's all about spin rate. And, and like in that story, they looked at numbers of fastballs, like middle, middle, and how often people are missing them and yeah. how, how often hitters are missing them. And the number of hitters missing middle, middle fastballs this year is up. Yeah. And you got to wonder, okay, how many pitchers are using, they called it sticky stuff. How many pitchers are using pine tar or Pelican bat, uh, wa- uh, bat wax or whatever else to get an extra three, 400, maybe 500 RPM on their fastballs, Yeah, which the whole reason why Demarcus Evans's fastball is so good is because of the spin rate. Cause he's only throws at fat, you know, at like max velocity for him. It's like 94. That's not gonna blow anybody away. No, but it's because of his spin rate. It, it's, it's invisible coming up to the plate. Yep. And it's- so that's the reason why his fastball is so good. So if you get freaking more than half of the pitchers in baseball throwing fastballs like that, good luck. I mean, these guys aren't going to hit. And so I just like, again, I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I just wonder how rampant is that? How much are the Rangers actually a victim here of that? But then again, at the same time, this is a very inexperienced, inexperienced team. Yeah. And they've got a, this is just part of growing pains as well. So it's not, it's not either way. I don't want to make it sound like I'm like, Oh, well they're losing because of this or they're struggling because of this. But I just, I wonder outside of what they're doing, how much does that have an impact? Because I don't know how rampant it is. It just sounds bad. Yeah. It really does. And Mason Engler, you know, he got the – he's the kid that's down in uh, – down east that got, got popped for it, and he's he's lost 10 games. Actually, I think he's in Hickory, which is high A now. No, he's uh, in down east. Is he in down east? So, because yeah. um, he's coming back from the Tommy John surgery. He's part of that group with uh, uh, Owen. Well, he was drafted out of Forney High School. Yep, out of Forney. He's right out here in the east Texas boy. An interesting story. You ever read the Jamie New- Newberg story about him? Uh, yeah. About, you know, his folks uh, – he was kind of a blessing to his folks. I guess they had lost, they had a bad car wreck and lost some older brothers and sisters and basically lost their children. Started over with him and now he's got yeah. another brother and sister below him. But a uh, pretty sad story. But, you know, it, you're exactly right on the spin rates too because I tell you, uh, one of the, the spin rate's huge. Now, I'm hoping with DeMarcus, it's because his fingers are so dadgum big that he gets that spin rate looking that way. But so what a spin rate does, folks, for anyone that doesn't know, if you're throwing 91, 92 and your spin rate, they say the average spin rate for a major league baseball uh, pitcher, a high spin rate, is around 2,500 RPMs coming in, and it makes it explode. You ever heard of an exploding fastball? Well, that's a high spin rate. At 92, 93, it comes in on a batter, Kind of, kind of comes in at about it to them. It's more like ninety four to ninety six. It really pops in there. Joe Palumbo was a big spin rate guy. So was Mike Miner, a big spin rate guy. They had high RPMs, and that's what made their balls uh, hard to do. Now Palumbo's struggling right now, but Demarcus does. You're right. He doesn't throw that fast, but he's got that high spin rate. You know, if this pops, we're going to see. If the numbers start going crazy here, maybe we are going to know. Um, who's been using the uh, bat wax or whatever you call it. Um, I know uh, Bauer has come out saying that, hey, I just want it fair for everybody, uh, but doesn't, didn't allude from the fact that maybe he was one of the people that were, was actually using that stuff. Okay. Alex, you want to go, buddy? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, what better way to kind of deviate the suspect than to bring it on everybody else and keep the eyes off you saying, well, I just want it to be fair. 
Okay. No, you're, I mean, you're exactly <laughs> just saying, just saying, let's put it on everybody else. Not on me. Yep. And seem innocent. Ba- Bauer is, 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 uh, he plays the game. You've watched detective shows. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> the one you least expect. That's always what it is. Okay, guys. So we know why Woodward's pissed. Let's go into, so this thing is going to look, we're about, um, what are we? Six weeks away from the trade deadline in July. This thing has gone back and forth. I mean, uh-huh. everybody's talked about whether they're going to sell trade. And we have now realized just how good, uh, Kyle Gibson's been to see him leave. And now he's back in the performance he did the other night. Let's get into the trade deadline. What do you think's going to happen? Let's start with who stays, um, or, or who goes, um, who do you think? I mean, first, top choice. Who's the number one guy you think that'll be traded that you, you have no doubt probably going to be traded? Alex, you can go first this time. Oh, I'm in between a few, but... Oh, I'm sure we'll talk of all of them. You know what? A lot of guys could use a veteran bullpen arm. Ian Kennedy might be interesting. He's intriguing. my... I think, I think Kennedy's gone to... That's going to be called a group. You know, you, 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 if you ever watch Flip This House, this is a prime thing of Flip This House. They brought him in on a minor league deal. He made this team out of spring training. Two arms go down. He's become a great closer. I'm with you, Alex. They have nothing invested in this guy. They can get something back for him because he's been awesome. Um, I, he is my guy. If I was to say almost bet the house on anything, that's the guy I think that gets for sure that's going to be moved. I do wonder, okay, so there, there's two players that fit this mold. And I, I do kind of wonder with what happened about Mike Miner and them not trading whenever he had the year plus, are they going to actually pull the trigger on trading Joey Gallo this, this trade deadline? And are they going to also, I mean, Kyle Gibson is kind of the same thing. The only thing that kind of makes me a little reserved about Kyle Gibson is okay. If he's gone, not saying you can't get a vet, another veteran starter in, in the winter, you know, whether it be somebody who you signed to like, a, like another Mike Miner or Lance Lynn or Kyle Gibson or whatever, like one of those three-year deals that's on a, on a, on a deal. Um, but they're going to need help yep. uh, in their, in the rotation. They're going to, because yeah, like some of these young younger starters are, are getting help or are, are like getting really good experience. Like Dane Dunning will probably be a full go as long as he, you know, continues doing what he's doing this year. Um, he'll probably be a full go next year. Um, you could look at guys like John King, Taylor Hearn, like other guys who could possibly be rotation candidates next year, but they're still going to need help. And I, I don't know if that means you try to resign Lance Lynn if you want to go for like the bigger guys or if you want to keep a guy like Kyle Gibson to help spearhead your rotation. Um, I just, I, I I'm going to go out on a limb. I'm going to say the guy who gets traded is Joey Gallo. And I think that's, I think it just makes sense. And I, I, I know a lot of Rangers fans don't want to see him go. And this is where you kind of have to separate heart and mind. Yep. Um, realistically, is he going to be a part of the next contending core? That's I mean, a, unless that's this team, question. Unless this team competes next year, which unless they just steal the show next winter, that that's likely not going to happen. Yeah. So, I mean, and I'm talking about when I say steal the show, I mean, like sign like two or three bats and one pitcher. Yeah. And even then you're still maybe making a play for the division. Maybe. Uh, And that's not even a guarantee because Oakland's good. Houston's good. uh, Seattle's up and coming. I mean, that's not even a guarantee. Right. So I, I'm going to say Gallo. I'm going to say JD and Chris Young pull pull the trigger on it. Uh, if they can get, I know San Diego needs offensive help. There was that report that came out um, from the Athletic that that Gallo that they're still interested in Gallo. There's ties there with Jace Tingler and Alex or AJ Preller. Yep. Um, so I, they need offensive help. It, 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 I mean, as if they are finally willing to deal one of the one of those prospects that JD asked for last year. Uh, Luis Patino or um, uh, oh, who is the other one? CJ Abrams. Uh, yeah, CJ yeah, Abrams. Yeah. Uh, if if they're all of a sudden willing to deal one of those guys, then maybe that that finally gets done. But um, 
I don't know. I think they finally pulled the trigger on Gallo. As long as they get the package that they desire, because that's what JD said last year. He's like, that's the whole reason we didn't trade him. We didn't get the offer that we wanted. So we held on to him. Yep. Um, and so, and stick, I'm, I, I just, I did, I know a lot of fans don't want to see them do the same thing with Gallo this year that they did with minor before. And then they end up paying for him. Paying for then him. it's kind of a seesaw because what if you don't get that package? Do you still pull the trigger? Do you pull that desperation and say, okay, we need to get something. Right. No, I totally, I totally understand that. But, and, and that's, that's why I'm not a GM. Uh, and that's why we're going to sit here and speculate. <laughs> and we're not going to be the ones who have to make the painful decision. Yeah. yeah. Um, so the way I look at it is like, okay, in terms of what you're going to be offered in a trade value, yeah. especially if he goes, if he continues to do what he's doing now, or maybe even gets a little bit better, you're never going to get a higher trade value. Yeah. Because even if he completely goes off for the rest of the year, um, highly, I highly, highly, highly doubt you're going to get a better trade package in the wintertime than you would at the trade deadline this year. Yeah. Um, just, I, and, and for, especially anybody, without competitive, the NL West is. And also the fact that you don't understand that nobody knows what the, what's going to happen with the CBA. Yep. Nobody knows. That's like the other thing that everybody needs to remember it needs to keep in the back of their mind when it comes to signing free agents, when it comes to trades, when it comes to everything like that. You have to remember teams and players and everybody like that are going to be keeping, you know, keep thinking about the CBA. And if there's, if it's going to be done, if there's going to be a lockout, whatever, whatever yeah. happens, because if there, if there's like no confidence that like, if there's like an almost assurance that there's going to be some sort of lockout and shortened season next year, I guarantee you no team is going to offer a, a, a highly touted prospect for Joey Gallo for them to have him just for a little, for the rest of this year. And then for not even a full season next year. And then he's a free agent. Yeah. And don't, and don't, you know, and, and I, I've said this all along, you can't sleep on Boris either because don't, don't think that there are some people that, that, that just don't like dealing with him and know they're going to have to, but I, you know, I was a guy that thought without a doubt that uh, Gibson was going to get moved, but the more and more I've started thinking about this, why not, why not even consider extending that guy? Once you get into next season, you might even couldn't extend him. Look, he is pitching like an ace now, but if you legitimately think you're going to compete in 2023 and that's your year, the 2023, um, that's a great number three or four starter right there. I mean, think about it. If you go out and you get the ace or develop and get the ace in free agency that you want to spend, some people have talked about, oh, or draft one or draft one or yes, whatever, and get whatever you have. Kyle Gibson's still an innings eater, and that's a guy you want to go in a playoff game and game game three, game six. You know, that's a guy that can do it. And Lance Lynn, that's why Lance Lynn is not. That's somebody that you might get in here. You just have to pay a lot for him. Yep, that's the deal. Yeah. <clears throat> and people talked about Kershaw. You know, he's going to be a free agent. I don't know that the, the Rangers pop that much money, but you know, he's what is he thirty four now? I want to hear. I want to hear the reason behind the groan. I, I do. I want to hear the reason behind the groan with I'm Kershaw. Just, oh, I mean, the thing is, is like you said, how much money you're going to have to go okay. out and. I wasn't sure. I was like, I wasn't sure if you were like because uh, I even saw like some fans being like, "I don't want Kershaw." I'm like. Why? Why? <laughs> no, I mean, Why? if if I can get it at a discount, obviously, but you're not going to get it at a discount. No, you could. You're choosing. Did you did you guys read the uh, read the interview um, um, over the winter that he did with the LA Times? Him him and his wife could possibly end up wanting to be a little closer to home, and there's yeah, nothing they still have a home. home. They have a home in Highland Park. They still yeah. have, and they have I, lots I mean, of. If I'm just saying, if the Rangers can kind of show that okay maybe they've got three or four guys that we can add a few pieces to and maybe clayton's like okay well i've already won my my world series ring yeah if you can get it at a discount i say go for it yeah well let me ask you guys this is there a player that nobody's talking about that you think could possibly look i know that everybody they're gonna listen on about everybody i think the only player that might be and, and, and you know what let's do it this way who's untouchable and who is somebody that maybe no one's talking about that maybe could be moved? Is there anybody? Like, let me give you an example. I put this out and uh, asked uh, Levi, and he kind of brought one. I, I asked it to Levi. He did a Q&A. And, and he said, Jonah Heim. Nobody's talking about Jonah Heim. They still got Sam Huff, who's not healthy right now, to come back. Um, and I, I, I never 
it never occurred to me. I think they like Heim for what he's doing. I think they've got a good catching tandem behind the plate right now, quite honestly. Um, you could get a little more from the bat, but I, but both of them have, have, have done well with the staff, I think. Um, but uh, that was one right there. The only untouchable guy in my mind, the only absolute untouchable guy besides one guy that's making himself almost untouchable is it would be a – PR nightmare if they went and did something with the Dolies uh, and moved him. But I think I think Isaiah Counterfalief of somehow or another has made himself almost untouchable. It would take a great package to to pull him and pry him away. Just because even if you went out and got a story or you got anybody, that's a guy that slides into any position. That solves your third base position right there. Or you got Young coming up can play second base, or you can you can move Isaiah to second base. I mean that guy, or he could go back to being the super super utility guy that's a Gold Glover at every position. I just don't know. That's my opinion. Dane so, Dunning is untouchable because you wouldn't <laughs> limit his innings if you were looking oh, to trade him. That's true. Okay, you're, that that just makes sense. I but mean, I'm, I'm I'm thinking outside here. <laughs> Yes, you're right. And I, I like Dunning. I tell you, did, I, did, I told y'all the, that I went on a podcast with the Chicago White Sox, wanted Lance Lynn, and we wanted that. And I told him, I told him straight up, give me Dane Dunning, I'll give you Lance Lynn. That guy turned me down and said, nope, nope, we're not going to do it. And I forget where we ended up at, but uh, I texted him, and he was like, yeah, man, good Lord. <laughs> <laughs> It wasn't just Dunning, too, was, uh, was it? Yeah, no, they got a uh, – yeah, Avery Wien, and yeah. who's done okay. I mean, he has not been bad yeah. at all. Okay, so talk to me. Who is it? Who's somebody um, no one's talking about? That will be traded or won't be no, traded? No, that, 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 that could – well, first of all, who's untouchable? He'd had a good one with, with uh, Dane Dunning. But who's somebody that – let's just say they traded someone that it would surprise you, but maybe – you could see it, you know. You, you, it would it would maybe surprise you, but you're like, you know what? I, okay. I would I would kind of put Connor Falefa in that in that <laughs> okay. category right there. I yeah. mean, just because it would surprise me if they traded him. Sure. Yeah. Uh, but I'm not saying. But I don't think he's untouchable. I mean, think about. It. So he's got one more year of control than Joey Gallo has. So yep. his control runs out at the end of 2023. Right. So if the Rangers aren't competitive in 23, then unless you are able to re-sign kind of Leffa to a contract extension, he's not going to be a part of your contending core either. Right. This is, yeah. And so the, and the, you can't do it with every player, but the thing that you need to, that, that baseball clubs need, need to do when they're building a contending window is to try to make that window be, be open for as long as possible. Yep. And the best way that you can do that is to have as many controllable players for as long a period as possible. That's why whenever a 28 year old rookie, like Adolis Garcia comes up, and you're looking at we have control over him through 2026. He's your untouchable player. Yep. Yeah. Because yeah. right now, right now, you, I don't care. I mean, unless you're getting Mike Trout or Mookie Betts or Cody Bellinger or one of the absolute best players in baseball, I am not trading Adolis Garcia. You're basically giving him away. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, no, no kidding. That it, it's a I mean, it's a PR nightmare to go to the guy that's that's done that. Even if he comes back to Earth and plays at at 75 to 80 percent of what he is right now that's still a great that's an 800 ops guy who's up at around 900 right now and you don't have that in the minor leagues right now uh you don't yeah, have an I'm, 800 ops outfielder ready to come up here um and and play and have a cannon like that so and yeah. you know he slides over to right field if you go and get a good center fielder in the offseason or something to that he slides over to the corner if gallo's gone he does slide over and then if you want to bring up leodi and just expect less from leodi and and have that. I mean, look, uh, and Willie, man, Willie has has played some decent outfield back there. You know what I mean? He hasn't been bad. Yeah, I I would say, and maybe maybe a guy like Willie would probably be another guy who would be a little surprising, but I wouldn't consider untouchable either. Yeah. Um, His bat. Yeah, I good. just yeah. I mean, he's he's got really good bat to ball skills. Uh, he's kind of you know, kind of been one of the victims of, you know, one of the guys who's regressed as the league has continued to adjust to him. But um, I still, you know, he still, to me, looks like a guy who could, who could be a 750 to 800 OPS guy. Maybe. Uh, like, yeah. Maybe he'll have a, a few years here and there uh, where he, you know, maybe has an 850 OPS. Maybe he has a, like a breakout year where he flirts with 900. Yeah. Um, because he, he's got pop in the bat too. I mean, remember in 2019, he had 21 home runs in like 80 something games. Uh, so he's got pop in the bat. It's yeah. just, uh, um, I, I just kind of wonder 
like again, I, I'm not exactly sure where he is in the process of like club control, but I know I don't think that he's even gotten into arbitration yet. No. So that would be at least three years, if not more. So he could be a guy, but you would have to probably get something. You would have to get a controllable piece back if you're going to trade a guy like Willie Callum. Because anybody yeah. outside of Gallo, Connor Falefa, like Gibson, or or like like an Ian Kennedy or something outside of like those guys who are either expiring contracts, one more year control or two more years of control. Everybody else, if you're, tra- if you're considering trading them, you've got to be getting controllable pieces back. That's just the bottom line. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I mean that, it, so, okay. So if you're going there on that, let's talk about all-star game. So everybody, you know, they, the, the uh, MLB likes to get one player from each team going in is, is, is the, who are the guys that are legitimately have a chance? I'm, besides Adolis, obviously Adolis is playing like the, everybody just assumes. Um, I, I was thinking if, if you're not thinking Adolis, the one guy that, that, uh, that, that I think is playing an all-star caliber year right now is probably Kennedy, right? I mean, that's a bullpen guy that – remember Jeff Zimmerman that made it. Um, what you I got, got four guys. Yeah, I mean, you could, but... I'll team, let Alex go first, but I got four guys. Yeah, but, but think about it. You, you, so you're thinking four guys. There are four guys, I think, that could possibly be all-stars. The problem with that is, is that a team that's in last place isn't going to get four guys on the all-star team. No. That's the problem. So, unless the they're Rays aren't in. even going to get four guys. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, okay, so, so I've said... Okay, so if you're going to play it that way, the guys that I think have, are deserving of it, obviously Isaiah Conner-Falifa, Adolis Garcia... Ian Kennedy, golly, if you had to go one more for me, maybe uh, Trevino, who's done a good job behind the plate. I don't know if he's caught enough, but okay. Alex, what do you think? I have for sure three that I would pick, and that would be Adolis, Kyle Gibson, and Ian Kennedy. Oh, Gibson. I didn't even think of Gibson. So, yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, he's (laughs) – okay, okay. I would have to do a little bit more in-depth to choose a fourth just based on how everybody else is doing but those are my right off the head three. Yep. So I'm going to go to baseball reference real quick, but yes, Kyle Gibson. That's I cheating, mean, Chris. No, it's not. <laughs> it's, it's not cheating. Um, I, I want to get the exact number because I already, I, I'm pretty sure he's already in, in the, uh, in the top 10, but yeah, I'm going to say, so the, the guy who's going to be the one Ranger guy is more than likely going to be Adolis Garcia. However, if everybody loves war the way that everybody thinks that everybody loves war, Connor Falefa still has a higher war than Adolis mm-hmm. Garcia. Yep. Connor Falefa is tied for fifth in baseball in B war with the 2.7. That's only behind Fernando Tatis Jr., Vladimir Guerrero Jr., Marcus Simeon, and Max Muncy. That's crazy, isn't it? And, and that's position players. That's not counting uh, pitchers. Mm-hmm. And then when you go defensive war, the only player in all of baseball who has a higher defensive war is uh, Ryan McMahon from Colorado. Jeez. I mean, this guy is playing elite level shortstop despite the two errors, which really should only be one, but despite the errors on Sunday, um, Connor Falefa, I don't understand how he's not an all-star. I, I, I think if the Rangers do get more than one, I think Adolis gets in just because, okay, he's already won a rookie of the month. He's one of the league leaders in home runs. He might he's get got the van vote. He's got the sexy stats pretty much uh it's it's when you dig in and you look at the numbers guys who are absolutely deserving if i have to, like for example if i only get to choose one more it's going to be isaiah kind of that's that's kind of where i am i think adolis adolis may have a shot at it at the fan vote um he's kind of he's getting some national love and they're starting to see some stuff and there's people that like to just vote for anybody but the always the yankee always the you know, they try to get off of that and find a guy, and Adolis keeps that up, maybe the fan vote. I think where Isaiah gets in, who he won't get the fan vote because of the other shortstop. Player, they still do the player vote and then the yep. coach vote? Yep, and the player vote, that's the one I think. The player vote would get Isaiah in. I think he's respected around the league for his defense too um, on that. And then the coach uh, and the coach is always, in my opinion, when the coach has to throw someone in, Usually a coach will go in and grab someone like a Kennedy, or maybe he'll grab a someone like uh, Gibson. Gibson could get in on a player vote too, as good as he's been. So, um, well, it'll depend on who's left. If there's a team that doesn't have a representative, that's true. Then you gotta fill that void. Yep. And was it the Rangers that had? Uh, I think it was one year the Rangers had one that made the All Star game, and then he got traded before the the All Star game. Was that the Alex Rodriguez year? And he ended up. 
going as a, a long time ago. I yeah, he, he was traded. He made it as a ranger and got traded and before the break and got kind of got early and then he ended up going. Maybe it was a pitcher. I don't know. All right, guys. So that's fun that we've been doing this. I want to get to one more before I go down in the bus leagues. I'll do that. You guys have been out here 30 minutes with me, had some fun. The draft is coming up. Man, this thing has jumped back and forth where everybody thinks this thing is going. And I know y'all may not dig into the draft as much as I do. I, I, I'm, I'm, you do. Um, and, and I have to. I have to cover the draft. The, yeah. the, the next, starting in a, a week or so, the next month, is gonna, there's going to be draft stuff. Not every day, but a lot. Well, you're look, and, and Alex is way more stat guy than me. He always has more stats than me. He looks at I, I'm the just the give you my opinion, and it usually sucks. That's me. I love to you know give my opinion, do that. I've got some stats. Minor leagues, yeah, I love to do. Alex has got great stats that he brings up stuff in some of his questions. I'm like, where the hell did he go look that up at? And I'm and I'm impressed with that. So draft, you've been following. I've been following. I mean, every they've had mocks come out now this last week. Golly, it's it's gone all over the place. Mar- Marco Meyer, the kid out of California. Of course, everyone's talking about Jordan Lawler, the kid from here in Judge, who I've actually gone to see play. Um, and then you got the Vanderbilt pitchers. Now the catcher out of Louisville um, that, that that they're looking at. What do you guys think? Where do you think this thing is going? And what what do you tell? Okay, you play GM. You are you know look. Let's be honest. Daniel's going to listen to Kip Fag, and he's going to listen to the scouting department. And they're going to tell him who they think because John will go scout and look. Uh, but he's 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 talking to the guys that know. So what do y'all think? Where are you feeling this thing? Well, I do know just from people I have talked to that there has been a lot of focus on the SEC. Okay. So if the Rangers go college, I and if the Pirates are stupid, which would not be the first time. Uh, if the Pirates says, are stupid and, the pirate don't, fans. <laughs> and don't take Jack Leiter, don't overthink it. Just draft Jack Leiter. Seriously. Yeah. Don't overthink it. Just, just unless the Pirates take him, don't, like I said, it, this is, listen, Jordan Lawler and Marco Meyer and a lot of these other five-tool shortstops, like and if the Rangers got one of them, they're still getting a heck of a prospect. Don't get me wrong. And if the if the Pirates do draft Jack Leiter and then they do draft – and the Rangers do draft a Jordan Lawler or a Marco Meyer, that should not be looked at as, oh, draft night or the draft was a, was a failure or the first-round pick was a failure. That's exactly what they should do. Right. Um, but if the Pirates don't take Jack Leiter, Jack Leiter should be the pick. Um, he's got the, the DNA of a major leaguer, a very, very good major league pitcher in him. He's shown the ability to dominate college hitters. He's shown the ability to dominate college hitters while pitching in the strike zone. That's something that is that if you, if a pitcher already has that in him before he even goes professional and then you can hone that when he's already, when he's got a three or four pitch mix already, that's, that's top of the rotation stuff. That's just what it is. So um, don't overthink it. Just drop Jack. If he's there, Jack Leiter's your pick. I, I don't see any reason why you shouldn't. What do you think, uh, Alex? I mean, I'd go lighter if he's available. If he's available. And you really only need to make two choices. It's either lighter or whoever else. Yeah. Because, I mean, you're going to get second pick. Right. Yeah, that's got it. So, so what, if, what if you have two guys on your top and they're both sitting there? You still say it's lighter. You don't even question it. Uh, yeah, because, it, like, okay, like, for example, if the Pirates take Meyer. Right. And now you've got a choice between Leiter or, or Lawler. You've got the local Dallas Jesuit guy who, you know, potential five-tool shortstop, could right. be the next Bobby Wood Jr., you know, whatever else. Right. Now, granted, Bobby Wood Jr. hasn't even, you know, established exactly. himself. In the, you know, but, you know what I'm saying, like the next five-tool prospect that everybody gets excited about, or you get a potential top-of-the-rotation starter. And at – I mean, we're talking floor. Okay, what's Jack Leiter's floor? Is his floor back of the rotation starter? Three or four. Yeah, that's that's his floor. If I that's think. his floor, that's an an easy pick. Easy pick. Because with a high school prospect, high school five-tool shortstop prospect, I mean, screw timing. Timing shouldn't matter when you're when you're drafting. Yep. I, I you you've you've got you know, was it 20 rounds this year? You got 19 other rounds to figure that out. You know, uh I don't know. Now my me, question 
my question to you is we had talked about, you know, some of the pitching free agents, you go to the shortstop free agents, pitching free agents, does your uh, off season now dictate, depending if you choose a pitcher lighter, now you go shortstop for now free because, agency because and reverse. I don't know. Cause I don't see lighter as a part. I mean, the, the earliest you would see lighter in the big leagues is middle of the season 23, the absolute earliest. Um, uh, well, and so uh, unless and that's, not, that's not even a guarantee. Yeah. It, it, well, it, you know, 2022, it wouldn't surprise me. He's going to be limited on innings because he's going to be stretched out in 2022 because he is not going, even in college, he's not going to throw near as many innings as he's going to throw as a pro. So they're going to stretch him out, but you, look what they did. Um, look what they did with uh, what's his name. Uh, uh, Tampa Bay when they took the, uh, from Vanderbilt in uh, that season, he helped him to the get to the world series uh, pitching out of the bullpen and they took him number one overall. Um, so God, my blind. What am I talking about? Uh, okay. Uh, all right, guys. So here's the deal. So that's who you got. You got Lighter. I've got that. I've said it all along that, that, that I like Lawler and, and, and that. Guys, I appreciate you coming on. Um, we're going to get out of here now, and I'm going to go down in the bus leagues. Alex, Chris, he's gone. He's got out of here. Alex, thanks, buddy. I appreciate you coming on. Appreciate it, John. Thank you. Okay, guys. We'll see you guys later. Guys, we're coming back right after this. We're going to go down in the bus leagues. Hey, guys. Father's Day is coming and the weather is catching heat. Whether you have a dad bod or a rocking six-pack, make sure you and your dad are smelling nice and shaved where it matters the most. Make your dad proud this year and get him and yourself the Manscaped Lawnmower 4.0 and the Refined Cologne by Manscaped. The brand new Lawnmower 4.0 and Refined Cologne is perfect for you and the dad in your life to complete your grooming game. Hey, get 20% off and free shipping with the code DAL at manscaped.com. That's DAL at manscaped.com. This is Ryan Doro of the Texas Rangers, and you're listening to the Rangers Nation podcast. Okay, guys, let's go down in the bus leagues. Now let's go to the bus leagues and talk about the, the Rangers affiliates who is playing well and what is happening down there. We do this every time we come out. We kind of go down and do a, a quick once over and run over about what's going on at each level. The way it goes for the Rangers, low A is down East Wood Ducks. Then you got the Hickory uh, Crawdads, who are the high A team. Those teams were switched last year. Again, we'll remind you, Frisco's the double A team right here in Frisco, Texas. And then you got the Round Rock uh, Express as the triple A team. Down East is where... Uh, last year's surprise pick has kind of taken the, the Downey's Wood Ducks. They're tied for first with a uh, 18 and 11 record. Um, they're five and five in their last 10. Thomas Segisi is finally on the field. He was the fifth round pick last year. Uh, you know, there were only five rounds in the COVID year. Uh, Segisi was supposed to go to, uh, he was supposed to go to Pepperdine University, ended up uh, signing with the Rangers. Um, he's starting out. He's, got, he's already got a home run. He's got a 900 OPS hitting 250. Uh, you remember Okunia Jr. has kind of come on lately. He's got three home runs. He's got 679 OPS. Uh, that's Ronald Acuna's little brother, Jose Acuna. And then you and he's hitting 216. And then you got Evan Carter. Evan Carter uh, is, is only hitting 213, but he's got a 763 OPS. This guy's walking far more than he's uh than he then he's uh he's walking his approach is unbelievable um as far as pitchers pitchers going tk roby's kind of been the best one down there so far there are a couple names to watch of course mason england if y'all don't remember who mason england was uh he got popped for having a, a some substance on his belt we talked about that with chris and and alex um but he got popped. He suspended 10 games, which is really only one start for them. The way they do it, they do uh, six games a week, uh, one day off. Um, he'll only miss one start because they do it kind of a six-man rotation. Uh, so I think he's the Sunday starter, and he'll he'll just miss one game. Uh, TK Roby's got 17 innings and struck out 27 batters in 17 innings. That's the, what you're looking at. That guy's striking out people. Then we go up to Hickory. Hickory is 12 and 18. They are down in last place in, in their division. Um not a lot going on there on the bat. I mean, there's there's not anyone that stood out in Hickory, um, uh, really. I mean, I mean, I guess maybe you look at someone like Kellen Strom, who's hitting, uh, it's got a home run, he's hitting 996 uh, OPS with a 366 average. Uh, he's not played a whole lot. Uh, just nobody's really, you know, you know, uh, Blaine Krim, uh, the first baseman, kind of took off uh, at the beginning of the year, but he's still sitting on four home runs, so he's obviously tailed off and not done real well. Um, 
since then. His, his average has dipped down below. Um, now, when you go into the pitching, you go into Cole Reagans. Uh, Cole's pitched, uh, Cole Reagans was the first round pick uh, a few years back, I think 2017. He's had two Tommy John surgeries. And guys, he looks good. Um, man, I don't. Man, I don't know if you guys are paying attention to Cole. Um, and I, I was talking to Michael Tepid. Uh, went and watched Cole, Cole win the other day um, uh, back in Frisco. And Michael Tepid was out there from the Diamond Pod. We sat down together and talked a little bit. And uh, we were talking about uh, uh, Cole Reagans. And I was just talking about how he, that same night Cole Reagans had pitched um, six innings, gave up one earned run. Uh, Tepid says because he's got the new long hair. Um, and he has. He's grown his hair out. But this guy's looked good. Um, Cole Reagans has looked good. He struck out 27 batters in 22 innings. He's got 3.68 ERA. Another one that that uh, that, that I like from there um, is Ronnie Henriquez, a little guy um, that's got 24 innings, 27 Ks. But this little guy brings it. He's touching triple digits. Um, he is the other one, that the, the two pitchers to watch coming out of, of Hickory. Going down to Frisco. Um, you know, in Frisco and Round Rock, I only went with one hitter and one pitcher because um, that's really the only two people that have kind of stood out so far. Uh, when I, there's not really a pitcher in AAA that, that stood out a lot. But, you know, Ryan Doro in Frisco is still just – I know I wrote the story about him. I'm probably partial to him because I, I really like Ryan. He's a nice guy. Uh, we talk, um, you know, talk to his wife, his agent, um, his not his agent, but uh, the scout who scouted him. Um, I talked to his college coach. I mean, this guy's just an unbelievable. But what he's done this year, um, he's always been kind of a leader on the field. He was a three-time All-American at, at uh at a little school in 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 uh, Michigan uh, called Adrian College, and he was a three-year All-American. He gets drafted in like the thirtieth round, um, and he's coming up. And guys, he's hitting three seventy-one. Hit another home run the other day at uh, four hundred and twenty-three. Hit the batter's eye there in center field at Frisco. Um, he's he's hitting. He's got a one point oh six three OPS, and he's leading the team and. And, you know, talking to Tepid about him, you're hearing uh, uh, Scott Lucas talk about him. Um, th these guys are just – what they're saying about him is that this guy is just – you know, if he keeps hitting the way he is, um, this, is a, this is a guy that's a major leaguer. And, and I've always thought that he had, a, he had a future in baseball. This guy's got a future in baseball just because the way he's been brought up around the game, the way he's played it, that if he didn't play in the major leagues, this is a guy that ended up becoming a major league manager or coaching, uh, becoming a successful college coach. And I, I'm telling you right now, he's opened some eyes. The, actually, the two best the, – the, the three best prospects right now in the Rangers system that are playing the absolute best, two of them are in Frisco – one of them is in AAA. Evan Carter is getting a lot of love and Sagisi in, in low A, but they're so young. Uh, they haven't really the, – the average isn't there yet, but the, the approach is good. But Cole Wynn right now, um, he's the best – he is the best prospect in the Rangers organization. No doubt about it. Cole Wynn's the best prospect in the Rangers organization. This guy, I went and watched him pitch. I've seen him pitch twice now. He pitched six – scoreless innings again he has pitched his era right now is 1.63 he's got 27 innings he's had 32 k's guys this guy he may be in the rotation next year i don't know if he makes it he probably won't make it coming out of spring training next year that guy will be in the rotation by the middle of, of, of the 2022 season if he continues to do what he's doing now i don't want to rush him i don't want to see him come up this year he's still young but my gosh the poise the ease, the way the ball comes out, he throws three or four pitches. He's got an amazing curveball. He throws a slider. His changeup's good. Um, was sitting out there watching him warm up when uh, when Tep and Tepe came up, and we sat there and talked about him a little bit. And you know, Tepe's like a scout. And uh, man, this guy's impressive. Uh, Frisco's eighteen and eleven, still in first place, um, and playing at home right now. If you haven't had a chance to go out there, you need to go watch Frisco play. Uh, it, it, it's fun to go watch. Watch Ryan Doro. Watch Cole Wynn. You still got some other good prospects there uh, that you can go see. But uh, right now, those two, um, 
those two are on the fast track. I tell you what, they they are looking good. Uh, Round Rock, uh, nineteen and nine. Also, they're also in first place. Um, and the one guy has stood out at Round Rock, and this is a guy you're going to see in in Texas Ranger uniform this year, unless he gets injured. Knock on wood. Other than that, at some point, Chris Davis is going to be let go, and they're going to need to find room to put this guy in the lineup. But Curtis Terry needs to be up here. He's hitting three forty. He's already got eight home runs. He's got a one point zero four six ERA. Uh, him and uh, uh, Andy Abanez, both of them, Chris Woodward has said about both of them, these are guys that can hit the ball no matter where it's pitched. He's the two guys that can go get a ball no matter where they are and hit it hard. And uh, Abanez came up. He only played 23 games uh, or only got 23 at-bats while he was up. Um, you know, he didn't do great, but he hadn't really had a chance to play every day. He's back down in AAA. Um, that's one to look for. But, man, Curtis Terry will make his major league debut, and this guy is just smoking the ball. He skipped. He has skipped double-A, and he won't be at double-A. Um, he's going to come to the major leagues next. Um, you know, as far as pitching goes in AAA, you've got some guys that have done okay down there. Um, you know, uh, Jimmy, Jimmy Hergett's done pretty well. Um, you know, he's got 20, uh, 20 strikeouts in 15, uh, innings. We, we know Jimmy, um, and, and, and we've seen him. He was up there last year. Mark DeMarcus Evans is up in the big leagues now. Um, you know, we haven't really seen anything good from, I, I know that Joe Palumbo's not, not pitching right now. Um, uh, Brock Burke has not been fantastic. Uh, need, you know, he's coming back from, from, uh, surgery, uh, coming to get back. I guess maybe if you looked at someone like Drew Anderson, uh, Drew Anderson has got a 1.86 ERA. He's got 19 innings pitched and 30 strikeouts, which is a lot. Um, but, uh, you know, they got Barlow closing out games there. So, um, but those are the only guys, uh, as far as when you're looking at, at, at pitching, those are the only two guys, uh, you know, maybe you're looking at a, a Hergert or an Anderson uh, or, or someone like that that, that that have done okay. There's just no, none, of their, none of their top pitching prospects are going to be in AAA right now. Um, so guys, we had Chris and, and, and Alex on earlier. It was fun to see them. They came on and, and did a little visit with me. Um, and I did have one question that we got from somebody and I'm going to go ahead and answer it here. Um, let me, let me find the question. It was from, uh, Sean Daniel, despite their lack of wins, the Rangers have provided some bright spots with the young guys. How would you describe the season so far and what makes you excited for the club's future? It's a great question, Sean. And uh, sorry I didn't get this out earlier to get some more questions. But, uh, um, you know, look, it, the bright spots right now, I think if you're looking at bright spots, you got to look at someone like, well, obviously Adolis Garcia, who was kind of a find. Uh, and, you know, he was DFA'd back in February. They designated him for assignment. He ends up clearing waivers, going down and playing in AAA. They get him up here, and now he's a superstar. That's, that's obviously something right there that makes you excited that he's a bright spot. Isaiah counter felifa has been a bright spot all year long, um, and, and it's good to see that. Um, I, I, I do like some of the stuff I'm seeing from Dane Dunning um, that we got in the Lance Lynn trade. Um, you know, he's, he's not been fantastic all year, but he's, he's shown why he's been thought of well throughout baseball. Um, he's, a, he's an innings grinder. He pitched six shutout innings last night um, and, and, uh, or yesterday. Um, I, I've really seen some stuff there. You know, the, the inconsistencies at the plate um, have been the biggest, you know, downfall of them right now. Um, and w w uh, what makes me excited for the club? I think, I think the, uh, here's what I'll tell you what make me, make, makes me get excited. I think that the Rangers aren't messing around this year. In other words, they're going to see who's going to play, and I think we're going to see some young kids get a chance to, to, to prove what they're going to do. And I think this ownership is really on the verge of spending some money. I really do. I think they know that they've got a, a, a slight window here that's a brand-new stadium. They've asked taxpayers paying much money that, to get out here, and they know they want to see a winner on the field. But they're not just spending money to spend it, and they're not trading away for stupid trades to get somebody in here. They're trying to be – they are trying to, you know, to, to be – cognizant of how much money they're spending and do it the right way. They're really built back up the minor league system. We're really starting to see some blossoming prospects. I, I'm excited to see what happens at the trade deadline. I'm excited to see what happens this winter. I'm excited to see this team, uh, these youngsters, uh, get caught up. They're, they seem to be, you know, they started out really well. Uh, the book got out on them. Now they've got to adjust back. To, to get the advantage again. So that's the way baseball works. Um, you come into the league, no one really sees you. Uh, then they start figuring out where your weak spots in your swing are, so they adjust and try to come at you that way. You've got to adjust back. And uh, 
you know, if they, if they start finding out that you, you tend to chase, they're going to start trying to throw stuff out of the zone. Then you've got to adjust and stop chasing, right? And, that, you know, that's something that, that, um, that Ruggie Odor never could get away from. He, everyone around the league knew Ruggie Odor would chase, so they just threw stuff down in the dirt or whatever. He would go chasing after it. Uh, and even he got a reputation for that, that there were sometimes, if you saw the other day at the Yankee game, he got a call third strike in the ninth inning that was four inches outside, and he can't really argue because he used to chase that stuff. And, you know, they thinking if, you know, that, that Woody got fooled, you know, that, that I'm sorry, Woody, that, that Ruggie got fooled. Um, it was a horrible call by the umpire. But you get that reputation if, if you're a chaser and doing all that, that, that you know, uh, you're not going to get the respect up there. So you've got to get the respect back. You've got to be up there um, selective. You've got to be able to, to, to stop chasing if you're chasing. Right now, the, the guy that's most prone to chasing is Adolis Garcia's. He seems to have that under control. But they're going to start going after him again, and he'll have to adjust back. Um, but that's the brightest spot, I think. I think, this, I think there's still some big turnover that's about to happen, Sean. Um, I think we are going to see some turnover um, in this roster in the winter. And, and, and at the trade deadline. It would be surprising to see what happens and if you listen to Chris and Alex and I talk about it. Guys, this one's been fun. Appreciate everybody that's been a part of this one. Like I say at the end of every one of these and everything I write. Nerd out.